I think it's a great first date activity. It literally will break the ice. It will just remove all of the (laughs) awkwardness and discomfort. You're going to get uncomfortable and laugh together. I think number one is sauna. Just sweat it out. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 220 of the Biohacker Babes. My name is Renee and I'll be your co-host today along with my beautiful sister, Lauren, across the country. Hey, Lauren. Hello. Thank you for that intro. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Lauren, tuning in from New York City, New York City, New York City. (laughs) All right. We have a Just the Babes episode for you all today. As we are approaching the holidays, we wanted to check in with you all. You share the biohacks we're trying, the latest in biohacking news, some fun new research, what we're reading and learning, and then some upcoming events. So welcome to this Biohacker Babe conversation. We're excited for this one. Mm, Where do we begin? I think we should start with fun facts. What's going on in the news? Great. I had, I had fun I don't looking watch up. the news. Tell me what's <laughs> happening in the when news. When I say news, I mean like online news. Yeah. I, I actually don't even have cable, so I don't watch the news either. But um, no, she only watches Disney on YouTube. On YouTube. YouTube is my source of TV. And Netflix. But anyways, so yeah, I found a couple of fun things I wanted to share today. So number one. Global activewear market is projected to reach $772 billion by 2032. And today, 43% of consumers say over half their wardrobe is athleisure wear. I mean, at least half of my closet is that. At least all that I wear is that. (laughs) I'm looking down at what I'm wearing. Oh, yeah. This is straight comfort town right here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's... I mean, it's the best. It really is the best. Uh, I still have some like old work clothes that I'm just like hanging on to in case I need something business professional, but no, I don't really wear it ever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's kind of hilarious that we are MCs of the Dragonfly Conference next week in Boulder, Colorado, which we're super excited about. And we hope that some of you are coming. If not, we'll share some more information about how to, how to get there. Uh, It is, it will, no, when this comes out, it will be this week, but I assumed that we were going to have to do fancy MC outfits. And then they let us know that we would just be wearing t-shirts. Like, great. Yeah. I could wear a t-shirt with a blazer, which is what I do on Zoom. I keep either my pajamas on or my athleisure, throw on a blazer. Let's go. Yeah. I still got to figure out what I'm wearing, but it's nice that it's a little more casual and comfortable. Mm -hmm. So that was a fun fact. Um, Also, Apple Watch updates. So they're going to be alerting users when they have elevated blood pressure. And they'll include a journal for uh, to help you potentially track the triggers for elevated blood pressure. So I think a lot of people don't even know what their blood pressure is on an average day. So this is a pretty cool uh, mm-hmm. addition. And then also so with that- when you buy the watch, they they also ship you a journal. Oh, I think it's going to be on your phone. The journal, a digital journal, a digital uh, journal. Yeah, yeah. Because who wants an old school hard journal? 
Just us. Just us. Anybody else? Anybody else like a hard, hard real journal with pages? Yeah. Better than the old notepad. Well, that's still very cool. I think it's important to track those objective markers. Not just rely on the on the data that's coming at you from the device. That's cool. Yeah. And then the other thing they will be doing is they will monitor your breathing, which will potentially predict your risk of sleep apnea. And if Mm. there is a risk there, they will actually recommend that you go see a doctor and get a sleep study. I love that. Yeah. Um, I've never had an Apple watch. I never wanted one until maybe like a few weeks ago. It just kind of popped into my conscious thought. And I was like, maybe I want an Apple watch. But the EMFs, I just don't think I can get past that. Uh, I think for the average person, maybe the data is worth it, but I'm collecting data so many other places. Do I need something else on my wrist that's definitely not an option uh, to turn it into airplane mode? Mm-hmm. So it's just a constant barrage of radiation. Okay, this is true. This is why you are my partner to remind <laughs> me of that. My second thought was I should invest in a Garmin, which I've thought about for so many years because we love all the biohacking wearables, but I do want to transition into more of like an activity focused wearable for a short period of time and just oh. kind of recheck my my fitness stats, things that Aura Ring doesn't do so well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. guess they kind of do it. They don't do it so well. It's not focused on that. It's focused on sleep and recovery. So all right, maybe I'll check out the jar- the Garmin because that's not something I would wear all the time. I would put it on for exercise and to track activity. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I'm curious, what do you think about the Aura Activity Tracker? Like, we know it o- kind of overestimates your steps and things. Have you been able to figure out about how far over it is? People always say that. I've never agreed with that. Oh, really? Mm-mm. I think it's pretty accurate. For me, I think so. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I always compare it to the, the Apple health app that just naturally tracks. It pulls in information based on where you take your phone. I don't take my phone everywhere. And yeah. the aura total is always just like a little bit over the Apple baseline, which tells me eh, that seems right. Cause I didn't take my phone everywhere that I walked, you know, I'm trying to take it even <laughs> less places, but it always seems comparable. And based on my experience and knowledge of like what a day walking in New York city is versus a day walking in Maryland or a day walking at Disney. It (laughs) seems to check out for me. Okay. Yeah. But you know, as we always say with data wearables, it's not the value and isolation that really matters. It's your trends from day to day. And that's what I'm always trying to track. Like if, what is my average? And maybe that average is off by a couple hundred steps, maybe even a thousand, but still like understanding what it feels like to get 10,000 steps, I think is really important. Right. Okay. Do you feel like yours is pretty inaccurate? I guess it's your question. What are your thoughts? I would estimate it's about 2000 steps more than I'm doing. And that's based off of three years of wearing the bio strap and the aura ring at the same time. Like my bio strap would come back and say 12,000 steps. And then my aura would say 14, maybe 15,000 steps. And I just feel like the BioStrap is more accurate with activity. And I don't ever check my phone because I definitely don't have my phone on me much of the day. So I really think that would not be helpful information. Yeah, it's more of just like a check in comparison from time to time because I've heard, yeah. I've had this conversation many times with people. They're like, oh yeah, Aura, it's not accurate. I don't know. Yeah. For me, right. it seems like it is. I'm kind of curious to do a little quick check, but 
my phone's in airplane mode. Hold on a second. We're going to take it out of airplane mode. All right. Well, curious to hear from you all or Ring users. What do you think? Do you think it's accurate? Have you found it to be close to other wearables? Do you find it helpful, inaccurate, or accurate? (laughs) Oh, interesting. So I just uploaded, turned my phone back online. My steps today so far, I'm at 11,600. That's on Apple Health. And my Aura Ring says 10,900. So my Apple Health that's with my phone actually is higher. And again, I do not take my, like, I don't walk around my apartment with my phone. Right. Okay. So this is actually the opposite direction. Anyways. Interesting. All right. Uh, I think the takeaway is like, what what are your baseline trends? Like, how are you actually using this data? Is it motivating you to get more steps if you can see? Does it matter if it's completely accurate? Does your body know what it feels like to get a certain number of steps? Like in order to get good sleep, to keep your blood flowing, keep your brain alive. How does it feel? Yeah. All good questions. My brain is alive. It's alive. It feels alive. alive. Yeah. All right. News girl. What what else you got? Next up. Have you heard of Sauna House? It's a franchise. I think I have. Okay. They're popping up all over the East Coast, it seems like. I think more like North Carolina, South Carolina. But anyways, it's a franchise and they are similar to other ship. They're trying to create the new Friday night hangout spot. So sauna, cold plunge. Heck yeah. um, Red light bed, meditation area kind of thing. So yeah, other ship, sauna, sauna house. house. I think there's more and more popping search. up. Yeah. So other ship is supposed to be coming to the US, but they just opened their second location in Toronto, in Canada. So um we're still waiting down here, but I'm curious about where have you seen these anywhere? Do you know what cities they're in? They're they're more back east, not not out here. There's also one that is in, I think, the LA area called Remedy. And Actually, I found this really interesting video on YouTube. I will link to it in the show notes so you all can watch it. It's like a six-minute news video about uh, the global biohacking industry. But anyways, they go to this place called Remedy in LA. Again, all like typical biohacking center stuff, trying to make it a fun hangout spot. Even they said a date night. And the news anchor that went, he's like, this sounds like a terrible date night. Who would want to go in a, into a cold plunge on your first date? <laughs> Anyways, they kind of made fun of biohacking and <laughs> they were kind of harping on like biohacking being so, so expensive. But granted, the place they went to, it was $2,500 a month for a membership. Mm. Very LA biohacker scene, I would say. But uh, yeah, are we trying to make health more accessible or what? Yeah, wasn't that the seems best. Unfair. Yeah, it wasn't the best news story for our industry. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know cold plunging is not for everyone, but I think it's a great first date activity. It literally will break the ice. It will just remove all of the <laughs> awkwardness and discomfort. You're going to get uncomfortable and laugh together. I vote that number one first date locale. Let's go. All right. I think number one is sauna. Just sweat it out. Get okay, to well, really both. know someone. <laughs> it's not a competition. Both. All Let's right. Do both. both. All yeah. right. So also from this video, I found this interesting statistic, or I'm sorry, interesting information. Uh, biohacking industry globally is at $16.96 billion last year in 2022. It is estimated to hit $80.57 billion in 2031. So it is growing. Ooh. 
What do you think the major components of that are? Tech? I think, well, biohacking centers are just popping up everywhere. I mean, that's a huge, huge industry itself in itself. But I think also just people are getting more into biohacking because of, you know, all the things we talk about on the podcast all the time. People are sick of feeling sick and tired, right? They're looking for answers. And I think those answers just end up being in the biohacking space a lot. I mean, health and wellness in general, but biohacking is really promoting more, obviously the bio-individual component, the tech, the data, which there's a lot of money there, the centers, like I said. Yeah. I guess I'm just curious, what is the industry really selling? Like, what are we making money on? Because there's so such a wide spectrum of biohacking, like all those things you just mentioned, where we're really focused on a lot more of the free ancestral hacks. We would say like, you can't sell these things like sunshine and having this curiosity and running self-experimentation doesn't sell, right? Like it's our body's natural healing abilities and, and cultivating intuition. So when you talk about a biohacking industry, are we still approaching this movement from the right perspective or is it just turning into a moneymaker with centers and tech and centers are fabulous. I want there to be more of them. Like having Friday social night be at a sauna bathhouse rather than a bar. Awesome. Having these wellness centers where you can go in and and have community while you're doing healing and recovery modalities. Awesome. I'm just curious to see the trajectory of it. And are we, are we staying in it for honest reasons? like the industry at large. Yeah. It would be cool to see a full breakdown of where the money's going. But yeah, less buying all the tech and data for our house and more promoting it for the centers where we can all just share, save money. Sharing. Sharing is caring. All right. Just one more thing I wanted to share. So my friend actually just texted me this article yesterday. She's kind of sort of into biohacking, but she knows I'm really into it. So anytime she comes across something, she sends it my way. And it was about these billionaire men biohacking their way to health. Here we go again with the money. But then they brought in that women are doing just as well with a lot of the free biohacks. So they interviewed mm-hmm. this one woman who's like, I think, mid-60s and her biological age is, I think she might be like ranked second right now in like the longevity competition where Brian Johnson is number one. And she's like, I'm not doing all these like billion dollar hacks. I'm eating... I think she said a plant-based diet, but exercise, sunshine, water, minimal, minimal supplements. And the quote I pulled from this said, women will be the drivers of this movement. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. Yeah. So I'll link, I'll link to that in the show notes too, if anyone wants to take a peek at the article. I thought it was pretty cool. There should be a biohacking Olympics and essentially n- no doping with big tech devices, there should just be a leveling like that's accessible and entry point for all people. So you could only do free ancestral hacks, or maybe there's like a minimum, uh, sorry, a, a maximum in which you can invest or engage in. Like really yeah. level the playing field and see how much can we biohack our health? How much can we like raise our longevity and health span, lower our biological age? If we really level the playing field, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. So what would be the marker to track biological age? Oh, I don't know. The Olympics, we would have all kinds of different races and competitions. I'm just thinking, because you mentioned Brian Johnson, he would be eliminated because he spends so much money on his health. (laughs) Yeah. He'd be the first one out. (laughs) He's out. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's awesome because he's paving the way and really highlighting a lot of these novel technologies and therapeutics, but it's just not accessible to the average person. Yeah. And he understands that. He understands that. So 
All right. So I have nothing against him. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. If we do the biohacking Olympics, it's got to be simple. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap on my fun facts in the news for the day. I enjoyed that. Yay. All right. Next up, biohacks we're trying. I'll jump in with a new one Moonbird. Actually, uh, I'm like, give it to me. I know. I'll bring it next week so you can try it. So this is really cool. It's It's super simple. It's using heart rate and heart rate variability, biofeedback. And it's training you to follow a breathwork schedule based off of that information. So similar to what we were using with Hanu Health, we've talked about that a lot on the podcast, right? Where you were wearing a heart rate monitor, it was giving the feedback to your phone and then telling you how to breathe in different ways. The only downside of that was you had to look at your phone, right? I didn't love looking at my phone while I'm trying to do the breath work. So this is something mm-hmm. you just hold in your hand. You can close your eyes. So I actually have been combining it with like the amp coil or the brain tap or another biohack. And you just hold it in your hand with your finger, your thumb on the sensor to measure your biometrics. And then it the device expands and contracts. So you inhale and then you exhale. And you can do box breathing. You can do more sleep breathing, anxiety relief breathing, depending on what you're looking for. The size of the device is actually changing. Yeah, it vibrates. The side of it vibrates and expands. Interesting. So it's like a little balloon? Yeah, kind of, sort of. But it's a hard device. I actually don't know the mechanics of how they do it. But it's small. It fits in your hand. Ladies, we could just throw it in our purse and take it anywhere. So Mm. I'm going to travel with it now. Like, I mean, I can imagine doing it on the plane or maybe if you're sitting in traffic, (laughs) something like that. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I really like that. I'm excited because I love Hanu. Love, love, love Hanu. I think it's fabulous technology and it's has just been so illuminating for me to understand how my heart rate variability reacts to my choices, behaviors, environment. But you're right. Looking at the phone, if you're trying to downregulate and enhance your parasympathetic nervous system, but you're looking at data, which is inherently a little like competitive. (laughs) Yeah. Stimulating. Every time I would do breath work, training is what they call it. At the very end, my HRV would drop because I think I saw it about to end. And there was this natural kind of stress response, like, oh, I got to get a good score. Yeah. So I'm very excited to play with this device that expands in your hand. Yeah. So the Moonbird. And uh, we're working on getting a discount code for y'all. I think it's going to be Biohacker Babes, $10 off. And then I know they're doing a Black Friday sale for $20 off. So Mm -hmm. good time for that. Yeah. Great. What else are you trying? Hemp Lucid, we're both experimenting with. Well, we have been for a little bit now. We actually just had Chase Hudson on the podcast, the founder of Hemp Lucid. I think we've both said it. Like finally, a CBD product we feel like we can really stand behind. Like the quality mm-hmm. and sourcing is just top notch. Mm-hmm. I also love the variety of products, like the sleep, focus, stress, immune, uh, the pet CBD. My cats are not big fans of, so I might have to give that to you so you can give some to Rudy. How are you giving it to them? I mixed it in their food, but man, cats, their sense of smell, anything different in their food. And they're like, "Uh uh-uh, you're trying to trick me. They're just like, you're trying to poison me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tried to sneak it into like the stinkiest food and no no go. But anyways, yeah, the variety of products. And I, I would say just to like highlight my favorite product right now, I would say the Focus Gummy. Mm-hmm. It's uh 25 milligrams of caffeine, has some L-theanine, lion's mane, which is great for brain function, BDNF, a little bit of CBD, 
I'm on it right now. So if I'm talking really fast, sorry. <laughs> what is she on, you guys? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm I'm really loving their products too. And now that we've talked to Chase and got uh received like a broader education around these different products, especially finally, I feel like I finally understand the difference between full spectrum, broad spectrum, and isolate and how they can be used in different applications. But I was such a THC hater for such a long time, but I've changed that narrative and that relationship and the trace amount that is in the hemp lucid products. I I feel like I have found a new love for. And I just realized this morning that I've been taking the stress gummy at nighttime. I thought that I put the sleep gummy in my little bedside drawer. And, you know, I take, (sighs) it's like, I'm a creature of the dark. Like everything is dark. So I don't know what I'm doing. Like I just keep doing the same thing every night. So I'd reach in to my drawer and take out a gummy. I realized this morning I've been taking the stress one and it works amazingly for sleep. Oh, good. Oh yeah. You you thought that was going another direction. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. The point of that was, oh my gosh, if we downregulate our stress, of course we can sleep better. And I, I love the focus gummy too. I've had it for crazy long work days and I can just really, really stay in the zone, but so many cool applications feels really clean. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. I'll share something else that I'm trying. This is going to go, this is a left turn right now. Take there it. are no, no gadgets. So I'm working on a mindset reframe and how this came to be in the last couple of days, I was just at the Arcadia Festival for anyone that doesn't know that was put on by Aubrey Marcus. It was here in Vegas. It was somewhat of like a spiritual growth community connection festival that also had like really cool music and DJs, kind of like a Burning Man vibe. But I spent some time with some friends and one of them who's actually in fit for service with Aubrey Marcus, he is doing a lot of training on how to be a coach in the space. We'll say that. And we were just kind of talking. I'm talking about kind of things going on in my life, things I'm trying to improve and wasn't thinking much of it. But then he asked me on the final day, do you mind if I share my thoughts on what I've heard you say the last couple of days? Oh, gosh. Sure. And to make a, a long story short, I guess he was hearing that my subconscious was believing that the statement, I'm broken. And at first I was like, what? what do you mean? And I was able to trace back like multiple things in my life, like my eating disorder, uh, the accident I had in 2003 where I fell and I broke my jaw, my chronic fatigue, the mono, all these things that I have maybe t- been telling my subconscious I'm broken. Mm. And it started to resonate with me. And I've been thinking about it a lot the last couple of days. But then anyways, I'm laying in bed the other night talking with Ryan, my husband, and We're talking about the kid topic again. You know, should we have kids? We're getting older, that whole conversation. And I said, and we haven't been able to have kids for anyone that doesn't know that story. But I said, I'm sorry, I'm broken. And it hit me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have said that so many times through through our infertility journey. I'm sorry, I'm broken. I said it out loud. And I'm like, okay, not only has this been in my subconscious, I've actually been saying it to my husband. Mm Mm-hmm. So anyways, it's like, in, I, I wanted to say something else he said to me, um, awareness is the first step towards change. 
That's what he kept saying to me. And I'm like, that's so true. I wasn't aware that I was speaking to my body that way, whether consciously or subconsciously. So now that I have the awareness around it, I'm trying to reframe that, that like all of these things that have happened in my life have been there for a reason, right? The fatigue taught me how to biohack fatigue so that I can help other people with that. Like there's been a reason for all of it. And so I love my body. I don't think you're broken. I think you're amazing and strong and intelligent and can get through anything and you're resilient. So yeah, mindset, right? We can do all the the physical biohacks, but what what are we what's happening in our mind? Because the body will follow, right? Our our body is listening to what's going on in the mind. So mm-hmm. all that to share, mindset reframe. I would just question for everyone listening, you know, what what are you telling your body every day? Is there something subconsciously going on that you're not aware of? Maybe you need to hire a coach that can pull that out the way my friend did because I wasn't even aware of that language. So, yeah, yeah. that's powerful. So can I ask you, how are you going to integrate that? And how are you adopting some accountability? Is, Is Ryan a part of that? Did you bring him on board? Yeah, I think one of the steps that he was, my friend was recommending was First of all, just being okay with being tired. So I would say that's my big one. And you hear me all the time. I get I get very annoyed and frustrated when I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's wrong with being tired? Maybe your body just needs more sleep. Why isn't that just okay? And, mm-hmm. and I said, well, it's, it's not okay because I feel like I have to keep up with other people. I have, if I have family or friends visiting, I have to be up before them, make sure the house is ready and do all the things. And he's like, but is that because you think they need that? Or did they ask you to do that? Like, uh, yeah, no one has ever asked me to do that. That's all what I've put on myself. Self-imposed. Yeah. So just step one, being real with other people, being more authentic, which has been something I've been working on, especially since Costa Rica back in January. Just being honest. If I'm tired and I need to go take a nap or I need to cut out early and go to bed early, just being okay with that. And if anyone gets mad, then sorry. Bye. No, not sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) <laughs> sorry, Taking not sorry. Care. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, and, and then and just being okay that maybe I need more sleep than other people, just accepting that there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so I'm going to do a Zoom call with him in two weeks and just check in. And, and, and Ryan is so supportive. He's always like, you know, what else, what else can I do so that you can spend more time taking care of your body? And mm. yeah, he's the best. Oh, it's so great yeah. for so many reasons, like being having that support so you can make the lifestyle changes you need to really give yourself the rest, but also having that accountability partner. Cause I think we do, it's so habitual. And this is what I love about biohacking and our definition of biohacking is, is breaking a, a habit. It's stopping a habit in its tracks and, and repatterning. And that language you were talking about, whether it's verbalized or not, you know, these thoughts can just exist in our brain. We don't necessarily even have to speak them aloud. But if you can have someone to help catch you, it's like if you're biting your nails, can your friend go, hey, <laughs> you, know, you need yeah. a little reminder, like a pattern interrupt uh, in the way that Torea spoke, spoke about interrupting patterns. Right. And and I've had that too. I was just thinking about this a couple of weeks ago because our friend Molly Eastman, sleep is a skill in our biohacking chat, mentioned a dream app and sort of the analysis of the dream. So I entered like a few nights of dreams and I have this recurring dream about going back to Wicked. And for those of you that don't know, I was in Wicked on Broadway 
and part of the musical for almost seven years. And I have this recurring nightmare that I return to the show and they're throwing me either into a new role or they have completely changed the staging and the choreography. They have not told me, they have not rehearsed me. And the expectation is that I have to perform at the drop of a hat. And essentially the mood is that everyone is highly disappointed with me, angry at me and just throwing all the anger and shade. So I've been really thinking about like, what is this narrative that keeps showing up and it took the dream app for me to read explicitly that that's a manifestation of me feeling like I'm not good enough. And how is that showing up in my everyday life? Because I'm taking it into my dream state. I have no connection with Wicked. I haven't been there since before the pandemic. So why is that the, um, the movie expression of these thoughts that I'm having? So I'm so glad you brought that up because it, it's so true. Like when it comes to health and wellness, like this is a top down journey. Our mind, our brain dictates so much. Like if you, if you listen to Bruce Lipton, the biology of belief like, talks about the brain is the chemist, you know, thoughts become proteins and we can look at serious medical conditions where there's like spontaneous remission out of nowhere. Well, how did that happen? It's the brain, it's the mindset changing. It's possible. It's so possible. So even just like on a, on a lower level, right. Cause you're not suffering. You're not in danger of dying, but how is that holding you back? How is it holding any of us back? And I'm, and I'm talking to myself right now too. Like, how is this holding me back? Right. These limiting beliefs, right. You're not, like you said, you're not dying, but yeah. What are you missing out on in life with yourself, mm-hmm. with others because of this limiting belief? And mm-hmm. this reminds me of a story. I think they actually made a movie somewhat played off of this. This woman, I think she, in Japan was diagnosed with cancer. She was like, I think in her eighties, she was older and the doctor gave her about three months to live, but the family was so involved. They actually decided to not tell her she had cancer. The doctors told the family and they said, there's no point in telling her she's lived a great life. She has all her family around. Let's not put that in her head. She lived for like seven years or something Mm. like crazy like that because she didn't know she had cancer and a death sentence. And we hear stories like that all the time, right? Where medical diagnosis messes with your mind. But Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe this is food for thought. And we certainly didn't know the conversation was going to go here, but (laughs) something I want to keep meditating on and love to continue the conversation. But for those of you listening, is there a thought pattern that maybe is coming up for you, whether it's explicit in, in your everyday language or just a recurring thought pattern that needs to be heard, listened to, put on paper, explored, journaled about? Yeah. Is there something that you're telling yourself that maybe it's holding you, holding you back? What are your thoughts on microdosing for something like this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Really awesome. Um, I definitely have made some huge progress with self-limiting beliefs because microdosing puts you into a state. So it it slows everything down and it shifts our pre or sorry, it shifts our default mode network, which is just like the automatic function that we can go through without thinking. It's just our habits and patterns. It shifts away from that mode and allows you to sit with all these thoughts, feelings, emotions 
without judging them, without attaching any connotation to them, you can just observe them. And so it's really like safe space to be able to explore. Because I think when we do in our natural waking conscious state, we are very quick to judge and try to categorize, right? Like we very quickly want to make sense of the world by putting it in a certain place or putting a label on it. And with microdosing, we don't have that attachment or labeling or categorization. So we can really sit with it and just be curious about it. And why is sort of like the the best perspective that we can use going into a microdosing protocol? Just getting curious about why this is coming up. Why do I feel like I'm not good enough? How is that playing out in my life? Why do I feel like I'm broken? How is that playing out? What's underneath of that? And I've also experienced in larger journeys, that same thing. And, you know, it happens a little more quickly in a macro journey versus a micro microdosing journey. But yeah, we talked about this with Chase from Hemp Lucid. It's the journaling that really makes the world of a difference because these thoughts are fleeting. But when right. you see it on paper, it like really becomes real. Yeah, definitely. And then you're naturally accountable for it. If you see it. Right. Mm-hmm. Awareness. Awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Hey. All right. Well, thanks for letting me. Hack. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share all that. What's fresh Thank on my mind. Yeah. yeah. I love hearing about sharing. that experience. It's interesting about your dreams too. Yeah. The whole dream mm-hmm. interpretation side is fascinating. So mm-hmm. emotion and emotion we can pull out from that. Mm-hmm. So, so in terms of other biohacks, I don't know that we can top that one. I mean, really looking at our mindset is the number it's a one. Big one. I was going to share, this is not as deep or, or as profound, but I was thinking about, I'm not trying a lot of conventional biohacks right now, but something I am doing is now that the weather has changed, I'm going outside with a little bit less clothing than I, you know, naturally would look at the temperature and say, I need to be this covered up to be comfortable. So this is an easy way to get cold exposure and to really upregulate our mitochondria, right? Cold is a hormetic stressor and it's in low doses. It puts this stress on the mitochondria that makes it stronger. And mitochondria health is just unbelievably important in terms of optimal health and longevity. So I've been practicing like getting cold a little bit, going outside. This morning it was 40 degrees and I went to the park with these very cool black athleisure leggings, but they have holes in them, purposeful holes. Like it's part of the design. So it's like, oh, it's going to be cold. It was cold. But um, yeah, you. if you're if you fear the cold plunge, if you fear uh, being in cold water, ice, full immersion, cold showers, consider like if you're running an errand, don't put a jacket on. Maybe go for a quick walk with a little bit less on. It could really, really, it's such a potent upregulator of our immune system and mitochondrial health in the winter. Now that the days are shorter, we have less vitamin D supporting our our immune system. So. That's the hack that I'm trying. Yeah, that's a great hack. I guess, yeah, I've been trying to do that a little bit more in the morning because, you know, I love my morning sunshine, but the mornings here have been getting chillier. So trying to just brave it a little bit. So Mm -hmm. That and the human charger. So we've talked about the human charger many times. It is this, well, it was this two earpieces that shine light into your brain. So you stick them into your ears like headphones. And then it was connected to what looked like a little iPod, like the old original iPods. They changed the device. They made it into a, what would you say? It's like a little neck rest, almost like a necklace. Yeah. So they got rid of the iPod and now it's just a little device that rests on your neck so that you don't have to carry anything. 
Renee and I were talking about how we used to just it would get caught on everything like door handles, get stuck <laughs> in the kitchen and constantly rip it out of our ears. And now it's super lightweight. It just rests on your neck. You can barely even tell it's there. You can walk anywhere with it. And the reason we love it is one for jet lag. If you are traveling, this is one of the best ways to keep your circadian rhythm aligned in the time zone that you want to be in. Ideally, it's like where you were born and where you live. Um, so you can shift your circadian rhythm if you are especially if you're crossing multiple time zones, but with the shorter days, there's so much darkness. And if you're waking up in the dark and you are struggling to wake up, getting light into your brain can be super, super helpful. So this is a great device to take on the go. So if that's you waking up in the dark, you got to get the kids ready, get the car, get, get to work and it's still dark outside. Human charger is an amazing hack to get you going in the yeah. morning. So you're a little less reliant on caffeine if you're a caffeine person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And is it like 12 minutes? I think that's this what they say. 12 minutes. 12 mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it yep. flies by. It doesn't feel like that long, but yeah, you can do your, you know, ladies, you can do your makeup while it's shining in. So oh, good. You for can these do lo- everything. Days. Brush your teeth, get your water, go for the walk, take the dog out. Oh, before I was like, where do I stick this iPod? Oh gosh, my ears ripping out, getting caught everywhere. What a mess. So thank you, human charger. You guys are awesome. The new device is really, really awesome. Uh, amazing holiday gift. May I say, Ooh, yeah. To yourself, yourself. (laughs) for your loved ones. (laughs) Yeah. My old one stopped working. So I was really excited to get the new one, especially as we roll into winter. That's just total game changer. Total, total. All right. Any other biohacks you are trying? Because that's kind of it for me. I'm getting cold and I'm shining light into my brain. Yeah, I think <laughs> keeping that's it a, simple. That's a wrap. Yeah. Hey, simple biohacks are great. All right. We wanted to take this moment to share a little bit more about our amazing sponsors. This also falls into things that we're personally trying, but we wanted to save it for this. And just an amazing thank you to our sponsors. Like this allows us to keep doing the podcast. We're at episode 220 and we couldn't do it without our sponsors. So thank you. Thank you. So first up, transcriptions. We've talked about them many times on the podcast, especially with the blue tongues, right? We have the blue canatine with the methylene blue and all the other amazing nootropics. But their newest product that we are experimenting with is called TroZ. I love the name. It's still a trochee. So you put it up in Uh, between like your cheek and your gums and just let it dissolve before bed. But this is a precision dose pharmaceutical grade and physician formulated trochee. And they really designed it to help you fall asleep, stay asleep and wake up feeling refreshed. So they're targeting all of the factors that most of us have struggled with at some point with our sleep. Guys, the ingredients in this are just so unique. I've never seen a formula like this. So I want to share just a quick list of some of the highlights here. So Hono Kial, don't know if I'm even mm-hmm. saying that correctly. So this actually aids sleep through the GABA-A receptors. So it helps you to like relax, turn that busy brain off before bed. Musimol, which is derived from the fly agar- agaric mushroom. It's a super, super tiny dose. So there's no psychedelic effects. Don't you worry. <laughs> CBN and CBD we've talked about. So these also help with GABA and the endocannabinoid system. So it lowers stress. It also helps with sleep architecture. So getting the right amount of deep sleep versus REM sleep versus light sleep. 5-HTP, you probably have heard of that because it's known to boost serotonin, but it's also for melatonin. Great for keeping you asleep through the middle of the night. 
And then adenosine, this is such a fun one. So they call this the champion of sleep induction. So adenosine, so if, you don't, if you're not familiar with how coffee works, when you drink coffee or caffeine, it actually blocks the adenosine receptors. So it makes you feel like you're awake again. But without coffee or caffeine, as we go through the day, adenosine rises, 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 and it gets to its max level. We get tired. We fall asleep. We clear those receptors overnight while we sleep. We wake up. We start the day over again. So they actually put adenosine in this. So if you have coffee too late in the day, I'm not saying you should do that. Adenosine could be helpful in that case. <laughs> Makes you feel sleepy again. Cordycepin. This is derived from a mushroom, so it's really good for deep sleep, also for your immune system. Of course, they have a little bit of melatonin in there. Everyone knows that as kind of like the sleep superstar, but also good for circadian rhythm, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant properties. And, and there's a couple more ingredients. I won't go on about it. But anyways, not only is it a really unique list, but they did a lot of research on the synergy of these. I mean, they've been working on this product for years. I remember they first told me about it like over a year ago. Just really great science. I'm loving it. I find I sleep really, really deep. I also have some dreams. <laughs> um, and then I wake up feeling pretty refreshed after. So so that's Transcriptions, Trozy. Um, as always, we get 10% off all their products, Biohacker Babes. We'll link to that in the show notes. But if you have any sleep struggles, I would definitely recommend checking this one out. Oh, and it's cool too that it comes in the little trochee. You don't have to do a full trochee. You could just try a quarter or maybe a half to start and see how you do. I try your dose. We love that. Yeah. Very cool. I'm so excited about the adenosine. That is really, really awesome. Yeah. Never seen that before. All right. Next up from our amazing sponsors. So I've used a lot of this lately because of travel and a lot of social events. It's Coast Health Recovery Drink. It is a next level wellness drink built for our very busy modern day lives. Coast is designed to improve our recovery, enhance our athletic performance and optimize our cellular health. We know life stressors like work, exercise, late nights, jet lag, both travel and social, and even an occasional cocktail can leave our bodies seriously taxed and overworked. Coast is available in two convenient forms, a quick and easy drinkable shot or a powdered packet you can mix easily into your water, which is really perfect for when you're on the go. And I can't decide which one I like better. Renee, what's your favorite? I think the powder, just because what I actually like to do if I'm going out to like dinner, maybe drinks with friends, I just throw the powder packet in my purse and then I can just ask for a water at the bar and mix it in. So in that case, yeah. I, I, I vote powder. Okay, powder. But if you don't want to mix it in, it is already mixed in a drinkable shot, ready to go. Shoot it. You're good. So Coast is the first advanced wellness shop created by a cancer researcher using science-backed literature to help keep us healthy and feeling amazing, which I really feel like it does. It's the only all-in-one drink that combines cutting-edge ingredients like an NAD precursor and glutathione boosters, along with other essentials like antioxidants and vitamins, which we all need more of. It is the ultimate solution to flush out toxins, replenish lost nutrients, and repair our cells. And I really wouldn't consider ever drinking alcohol without it, really. Definitely. And speaking of NAD, it is a crucial component for keeping our cells healthy and functioning optimally. As we age, when our body is metabolizing alcohol, but also stress, our NAD levels get depleted rapidly. So Coast can step in and boost our production of NAD so we can maintain peak performance and homeostasis by supporting two different detoxification pathways and making it just really easy to get back on track. 
The best part, there's zero sugar and they never include any artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And so this is always in our bag on the go. And because you are listening, you can use discount code biohackerbabes for a 15% discount at coastdrink.com. It's biohackerbabes. Fairly easy to remember. Yes. All right. Thanks, Coast. And our last sponsor is Bioptimizers. They've been a longtime sponsor of the show. You know them for their magnesium breakthrough product, which is a great supply of seven different magnesiums. They also have their digestive enzymes, gluten guardian, lots of great things. But what we want to share today is they are doing not only a Black Friday mega sale, but a whole month. So the whole month of November, they're giving our listeners a limited time offer so you can save on all the products all month long. And guess what? They have a 365-day money-back guarantee. No questions asked. Go ahead, try it. If you hate it, send it back, okay? And you know, before we jump into like the cold, somewhat dreary months, you know, we always want to stock up on our bioptimizers goodness so we can stay healthy through the holiday madness. And it's not just Black Friday. Like I said, it's all month. And you're not going to find a deal like this anywhere, not even on the mighty Amazon. Not that we recommend buying supplements from Amazon. You guys know better. So mm-hmm. uh, to get the biggest discount, you can head over to bioptimizers.com slash biohackerbabes. And the discount code is biohackerbabes10 all month long. We'll put that in the show notes for today's episode so you can scroll down. But make sure you get your holiday wish list. Let your family know what you want this holiday season. And uh, maybe you can help your family members get healthy and stay healthy through the holidays as well. All right. Thanks to our sponsor, Bioptimizers. Hmm. I hear lots of good ideas for stocking suppers. And yes, thank you to our amazing sponsors. These are all companies and products that we have tried. We love, we've done the research and we can confidently stand behind their mission and their deliverables. All right. What are you reading? Or what are we reading? Two things. Forever Strong, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. I started listening to the Audible because I don't know. I do so much better on Audible because I'm in the car a lot. But I have the physical copy. And what I love even more is doing both listening to Audible, but then going to the book and seeing like sometimes when there's a lot of numbers or math, my my brain hearing that in Audible is kind of difficult to compute. Mm. Um, so I like referring back to the book to really cement certain information or if there's graphics, you know, and there's there's a few in her book. If, so if you're not familiar with Dr. Lyon, I was going to say it fancier, Leon, but it's Lion. Lion. L-Y-O-N. She is the protein queen. She is a medical doctor and she's done a ton of research and is really trying to change uh, this conversation around protein, amino acids, and strength training being like the optimal driver for longevity. And yeah, that's what I'm reading. Um, I'm reading it as well. Not through Audible. I should get Audible because it's taking me a while to get through the book. but. A couple of takeaways just from the beginning. I think muscle as the organ of longevity. I like that mm. she says that. And I had never heard this to think of muscle tissue as an endocrine organ. Mm. When you think of the mm-hmm. endocrine system, I don't know. I don't really think of muscle tissue, but she has a good point because it releases small signaling proteins called myokines, which play a really important role in a lot of things, but especially with metabolism. And yeah. with metabolism, Everyone's trying to rev up their metabolism, right? We're focused on losing weight, burning fat, losing fat. And she's like, why are we focusing on building muscle? It's such like a more sane way to think about it. And then she calls it the muscle-centric lifestyle. And that leads to balanced blood sugar, better energy, better mental clarity, less body fat, 
better body composition, reduced cravings. It's just, it's really endless. And, and we know that as we age, our, our muscle naturally starts to hate to decline. Say it, it goes down. It does go down. But if down. we start, if we start young and she says really age 30, you want to start thinking about this and never stop thinking about it. I mean, that, you know, in the elderly population, what happens? We become frail, sarcopenia, we lose muscle mass, we fall, we break a bone, and then we don't recover from it. But if we had the appropriate muscle mass at that age, we would have better balance, we would be stronger, we wouldn't have that fragility. Mm-hmm. So, and, and with the muscle, of course, yeah, the protein, which is like, we're just not eating enough protein, most people. Yeah. So her opinion on protein is that everyone, no matter your age, your gender, your goals, you should be consuming at least 100 grams of protein a day. I like that. You do. I had to think, I paused. I was like, do I agree with that? Like women in menopause or depending on really depending on what your goals are. I definitely have recommend less than that in certain situations, but I'm going to hold that theory through the end of the book and then reassess. Um, my math has typically been, you know, to multiply from your, take your weight. So it's more personalized. And then I do times 0.8. So like I weigh one Oh five. So yeah, a hundred grams is that's almost a one-to-one definitely on the higher end, but I probably hit 80 to 90 on a daily basis. Yeah, I do too. I just, I, I, I've heard so many other thought leaders say for particular populations, I'm just thinking of women in menopause specifically when we can, lean towards more towards a ketogenic diet and bring the protein down. I was surprised to hear that she said across the board minimum, but the reason she does say that protein is so important is it's really just the delivery mechanism for amino acids. So it's not necessarily the macronutrient protein, but it's amino acids, which are just crucial in, in regulating so many metabolic processes in our body and recovering tissues. We need amino acids. So we are trying to get her on the podcast. So I, I want to know her opinion on utilizing amino acids in supplement form for people that are trying to do more fasting or women in menopause, or some people really struggle to eat that much protein. If it's really about the amino acids, how much can we pull in from supplementation would be my question. Yeah. I mean, I know she's a really big supporter of timeline nutrition and their protein mm-hmm. powder, which has, I think, what is it, like 20, 25 grams of protein. So that's an easy serving of protein amino acids. But then you also are getting the urolithin A, which is good for mitochondria. It's good for muscular strength, muscular endurance. Mm-hmm. So she's okay with that. I would assume other, at least an amino acid supplement would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think the book is so fabulous and she breaks it down too. So other than that baseline recommendation for protein, she does break down different lifestyle tracks and goals. So it's not just a one size fits all approach. She does kind of give you your own adventure that you can choose. A few things really stood out to me. She recommends eating protein first. Like if you're going to look at your plate of all the macronutrients on plate, protein, fat, fiber, carbs, she says, eat the protein first, because it's going to fill you up the most. I also had a question mark around that because protein can spike I don't, I hate to use the word spike, but it can raise your glucose for a lot of people. Well, it does raise glucose. That's, that's fact. Um, and I've always been under the opinion, and this is what I see in glucose data, that if we lead with fat and fiber, then there's a very minimal rise. I also think that filling up on fiber 
and fat is quite advantageous, but she's a, sounds like she's a little more fat phobic. I don't know that I would label her as such, but she says she never, ever, ever recommends adding more fat to a client's diet. That's like the last thing she's concerned about. So kind of pin that if we do get to talk to her. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense what you said about like the protein and the glucose response. But I would also say when you're looking at a plate, how often are your protein and fat like obviously separate, right? If like your protein is probably cooked in an oil or a butter. True. I'm always pairing the fat and the fiber together. So that would be your salad or your veggies that have been also cooked in a fat or, you know, I always like to snack on something maybe when I'm cooking like artichokes or cucumber with olives or avocado, something like that to prepare my bloodstream. Yeah. But you're right. Most proteins, unless you're eating super lean, dry chicken breast, gross. (laughs) You probably have some fat there too. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And then lastly, one thing that she said that has really, really stuck with me that I love, she says that the best biohack in the world is hard work. Oh, bow down to that one because it's true. Like anything worth doing is probably going to be uncomfortable, challenging, but worth it. I find that so true. I agree. Yeah. No, no bypassing the hard work. Mm -mm. No. So she's awesome. Highly recommend the book. And we can circle back once we fully finish reading the book and, and reassess these kind of takeaways. I don't know if I told you what, what (laughs) I was going to say our, I forgot about our meals from daily dose. Oh yeah, go ahead. You sent us the book. I would just say also Daily Dose, and if you're not familiar with it, they do a meal delivery service and they work with different practitioners, researchers. They have created a meal plan with Dr. Gabrielle, which is obviously like a protein-focused thing. So they sent us two days worth of the food to try. That was all curated by her. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, I thought it was really delicious. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love daily dose. I think it's a great option. If you need some help and don't want to cook, you just have to reheat the food. It's just harder for those of us out West because shipping is it's a long way. It's from New York city. It's from New right. York city. So yeah, it's a long way to come. My only complaint is I feel the meals are a little small for me. I need more food, Oh, but they are okay. delicious because we've tried other meals like that from daily dose and hers actually is my favorite so far. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? Going to tell you is I, so I went to this biohacking event last week in the city, in New York City. It was called a longevity salon. It was supposed to be this VIP private dinner where it was like salon style, like sharing thought leaders. We're going to talk about biohacking, different experiences. It ended up being more of a party because there were the guest list, I think, got a little out of control. And I think that Dr. Gabrielle was invited because I ended up in a conversation with this man. He's some kind of investor in the health space. Funny, he looked like um, the American version of Barishnikov. And uh, he said, are you Dr. Lyon? (laughs) And I said, thank you. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I actually can see that. I can, I've never thought that before, but I can totally see that. I didn't want to tell him he was wrong. So I just said, thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think he realized that I wasn't. I um, think that should be your Halloween costume next year. Oh. Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. <laughs> yeah. I was very honored. She's beautiful yeah. and strong. Yeah, he was like, yeah, because the muscles. I was like, well, her muscles are even bigger, but thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the best compliment. 
Yeah. And well, also about that longevity salon. So Jim Quick was there. And that is the other book that I am now reading because I got the book at, at the event. But Jim Quick, he, how do we explain Jim Quick? He has all of these strategies on learning, memory processing. I always remember him as the guy that teaches you how to not forget someone's name. Though I obviously have not fully studied his work because I still can't figure it out. In fact, when I arrived at the event, I got out of the elevator and it opened up into this private apartment. And I met a few people in the elevator, immediately forgot all of their names, walked into the event, saw Jim Quick, shook his hand. And I said, I just forgot everyone's name that I just met. And he didn't seem to think that was funny, but. Oh, he's like, you haven't taken my course, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I remember him saying once, part of remembering someone's name is if it's important to you to remember their name. Oh. And he said, have you ever been out with friends and you maybe you met this really cute guy and you're really into him? Did you forget his name? You're not going to forget. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a good point. So just putting the importance of remembering. Not to feel bad, but... Importance, but also I can't handle volume. I can handle meeting one person at a time and having a conversation, two people, I think, but three and beyond, I now have forgotten everyone's name. Yeah. I think it's also if you're having a conversation with that person or just saying, hi, I'm Renee. Hi, I'm Renee. Hi, I'm Renee kind of thing. Because he says to tie the person's name to something like, if I meet you, Lauren, and I learn that you're a Libra. I don't know. Lauren the Libra. Like you, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. connect it with a that same letter. But yeah. Yeah. So what exactly is the book? Oh, so it's called Limitless. And the subtitle is Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, and Unlock Your Exceptional Life. So I'm sure this is not how the book was designed, but it is now my coffee table book. And I'm enjoying just kind of opening it to a random page. And just seeing what it has to offer. But a few things that kind of pulled me in, I like just let my intuition guide me to a certain page. And I landed on a chapter about the seven lies of learning, which was kind of interesting. Um, Two of which really stood out to me. One is that it's a myth that we only use 10% of our brains, that this is based at, you've heard this. Sounds like a quote from uh, Wedding Crashers, but yes. But it's been used in so many situations and publications and movies. Like, yeah, it's like one person said it and we played telephone and now everyone's just like, oh, yeah, (laughs) we only use 10 percent of our brains. Like, oh, no, actually, that was based on flawed research and we just keep regurgitating it. So we explains the science of it and how we actually can use all of our brains. So I wonder if that falls into that category of I'm not enough. I'm not broken. Like, oh, I can't use my whole brain. Yeah, because we've heard that our whole lives. We've heard it all our whole lives. The second one was, he said, it's a myth that knowledge is power. And we've said that. I kind of took pause because I feel like we use that in hashtags. It's snuck into our podcast many times. When I write captions on Instagram, knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. But he explains that knowledge, sorry, power is the end of the cycle of knowledge that you have to then go into experience for it to really be powerful. So you can't just like learn something. You can't read it from a book and then be powerful. You have to complete the knowledge cycle by using it and experiencing it. I'm not fully doing it justice, but there were some cool kind of nuggets. So I think for the time being, it may just sit on my coffee table, but um, he went through some 
some brain nutrition myths. And I was like, oh, actually, these are things that like biohackers know, our audience knows. We know that fats are not bad for the brain, right? Our brain is made of fats. We know that sugar is not the fuel for the brain. You don't need sugar for the brain. Yeah. And then he goes into some great nutrition, like omegas, antioxidants, eating a colorful diet, some intermittent fasting, or you know, strategically using fasting for your goals, age, gender, body type, coffee, great nutrient for the brain. And then Ooh. eating a balanced, diverse, nutrient-rich diet. Like, amen, say it a million times. I really love that. Awesome. Sounds like a great book. Yeah. Limitless. I Are like you reading that. anything else? Nope. That is that is all for now. Okay. So moving into some research. Well, latest research, question mark. We wanted to talk about a study that said it was new, but um, I don't think this is new. Gut microbes from Alzheimer's patients impair memory and neurogenesis in rats, suggesting a link between gut health and Alzheimer's disease. So this is really, really important, whether it's new or not. I don't think it's new, but you know, if it's new in the news, that's awesome because that means more people are learning about it. But the gut and the brain are intimately connected. And sorry, let me take a step back. We're talking about Alzheimer's, which is the most common form of dementia. It's a neurodegenerative disorder, and it's essentially associated with impaired cognition and an accumulation of amyloid beta plaque in the brains brains, multiple brains, <laughs> all the brains, in, none of the brains, the brain. <laughs> What's really important to note is that the gut brain axis is a bi-directional communication system. And so essentially our gut is always talking to our brain. It goes back and forth and back and forth. These signals and communications are talking like they're on a telephone and that, uh, the telephone call never gets put down. So what's really important and what this study was putting forth is that gut, gut microbes can really affect our brain and neurodegenerative conditions like Alzheimer's. So our microbiome is a host to trillions of different bacteria. Bacteria is normal. And to have optimal health, we need to have a strong microbiome, which means we have microbial diversity and essentially that we are in homeostasis. And we maintain that homeostasis by eating a nutrient-rich diet, by making sure that we have a good ratio of firmicutes to bacteroides, uh, that our gut lining is strong. So the tight junctions, which are essentially the security guards for your gut, are only letting in the nutrients that are supposed to come in and not foreign invaders and pathogens. But a lot of us have leaky gut or intestinal permeability, which means that those tight junctions are no longer tight the floodgates essentially open. And so there is just uh, everything goes party, things can cross in and out. And so that means that things like LPS, endotoxins, pathogens, inflammatory molecules can just cross in and out of the gut. And when that happens, it triggers a neuroinflammatory cascade up in the brain. So if our gut health is not online, it sets the stage for neurodegenerative conditions like Alzheimer's. So in a nutshell, leaky gut sets the stage for a leaky brain. If you have leaky gut and you don't have a strong microbiome, your chances of developing one of these disorders become so much more likely. So that's sort of why I like chuckled at the beginning. Like this is not new research. We know how important gut health is, but it is really important that more people talk about it. So um, I'm so happy they released this study. And the takeaway is got to take care of the gut. And one of the biggest drivers of intestinal permeability actually is stress. 
like unmanaged stress. Stress makes your gut leaky. Also eating foods that you're sensitive to. Gluten is a really big one. I know that's like such a debatable topic, but I think until you have proven that you are not sensitive to gluten, you should probably take it out for a little bit of time. And you should definitely do the testing to confirm that. And this is not just celiac disease that exists on a spectrum. You could have an intolerance, a sensitivity. And, um, you know, based on your genetic predispositions, that could be the thing that tips the bucket over. And then we start this cascade. So if you are concerned about Alzheimer's and really any neurodegenerative conditions, you know, I remember when I first heard about these and I certainly have been scared about it. It runs in our family. People used to talk about doing word games, right? Like keep your brain challenge. No one was talking about gut health. We're finally right. talking about gut health. And this is so, so, so important. Anything to add in there, Renee? Yeah, I think just with all neurodegenerative conditions, like we know it doesn't happen overnight. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're never too young to start. I'm not saying don't worry, don't worry yourself about it and don't stress about it, but just be proactive. Start thinking about how important the lifestyle things are, whether you're 20, 30, 40, you're never too young to start thinking about it. Again, it's just all all the foundational stuff, right? If we focus on that you know, whether it's Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or whatever runs in your family, it's it's all almost stemming from the same foundational things that we all know we should be doing. Yeah. And you're right. And and not new, but if it's if it's making mainstream news, it's catching more eyes. So yay for that. Yeah. So I guess just some takeaways to make sure that you are taking care of your gut. And something that I uh I love that my mentor and friend Brendan Vermeyer always says, like, Gut health is a lifestyle or it should be a lifestyle. It's not just a protocol. You don't just decide for one month you're going to do a gut health protocol. Like you have to be doing these foundational lifestyle principles all the time. And like stress management has to be at the top there. Identifying food sensitivities, whether it's through a test or, you know, you could use a CGM to see what's stressing, stressing out your gut. And additionally, using the CGM because Alzheimer's is very linked to insulin resistance. So if you have any metabolic dysregulation in your glucose, which means there is insulin dysregulation, that is going to fuel the fire in terms of neurodegenerative conditions. So another reason to use a CGM and supporting your detox pathways. I think this is really important. Phase three detox is where we remove those amyloid beta plaques. And so if your detox pathways are clogged up or like you're running out and just doing a, a detox cleanse, but it's only supporting one phase of the three-step detox process. You could be clogging yourself up even more. Uh, methylation is really important, making sure that you are methylating properly and that's in balance. Huge risk factor for Alzheimer's and any brain conditions like that. So there's a lot that we can do, but again, stress number one. And there's a lot of nutrients we could pull in to support the microbiome and gut lining, but it's a super, super highly personalized conversation. So this is something that you want to work with your health coach, your functional medicine doctor with specifically, because we can't just say, take this probiotic or take these particular nutrients. I mean, we could give you some general recommendations, things like zinc, carnosine, aloe, licorice are good for healing the gut. We really love all of the products from Microbiome Labs. They're doing amazing research on supporting the gut. But again, we really need to get some bio-individuality here and make sure that this is addressing root causes and addressing your predispositions and addressing your behaviors and lifestyles and your nutrient absorption. That list just goes on and on and on. Yeah, and I would add sleep. 
Oh yeah. That. How could we forget? Sleep. Thank you, sleep. sleep. <laughs> Which was actually another study we were going to mention it, that the headline was more deep sleep equals lower risk of dementia. And the study suggests that as little as 1% decrease in deep sleep per year for people over 60 years old can lead to a 27% increased risk of dementia. So again, the deep sleep is what's promoting the clearance of those proteins in the brain. You know, the glymphatic system is fully active when we're sleeping during that deep sleep phase. So, you know, how do we support deep sleep? because a lot of people aren't getting that. I would say, first of all, get a tracker, see what your mm-hmm. sleep stages, your sleep architecture even look like. And then there are a lot of good supplements. I mean, some that we have personally found. Kill Switch is another great supplement, great for deep sleep. We'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, melatonin, NAD, potentially a suppository or a liposomal. Cold bedroom or cold mattress, that has been huge for my deep sleep. 65 to 67 degrees in the bedroom if you can. And then CBD oil, right? We we talked about hemp and CBD oil. That's a great one for deep sleep. And then get to sleep before midnight, if not by 10, right? Seems like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Most of us see a lot of our deep sleep in our sleep architecture. So if you're going to bed at two, you're missing out on some prime opportunity for deep sleep. Mm-hmm. That all ties in. I'm going to say yes, yes, yes to all of those things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, sleep queen. Thank you for that. Okay, that wraps up our research corner. And last bit of information, we just wanted to go through some upcoming events. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, Dragonfly is this week. We are heading to Boulder. If you already have a ticket, I hope that you introduce yourselves or maybe we already know you. We can't wait to see you. If there's any chance you don't already have a ticket and you want to come, do it. Like be spontaneous. Come, it's going to be amazing. Boulder is just such a beautiful place. and. Uh, it really is an incredible, highly curated group of women. That's going to be very intimate and inspiring. I think. Yes, men, you are allowed. You are allowed as well. Yeah, we'll allowed. be primarily women, though. You're allowed. <laughs> and if you can't make it to the event in Boulder for whatever reason, it is going to be on Gaia TV, which is really exciting. So it's going to be recorded. It's going to be put on there. So if you have a Gaia TV membership, account, subscription, whatever, you'll be able to watch the recording. But I also believe the live stream, it's a different subscription on there. I was looking at the pricing last night. I think for the highest end of subscription opportunities, it's the live stream one, which is $2.99 for the year. But then you can watch it live, like I said. So the live stream will be Saturday and Sunday, the 18th and 19th of November. And then you can watch the recording after that. Really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You can look out for us in our t-shirts. Not our full athleisure, but we're going to be wearing t-shirts, blazers, you know, some <laughs> accessories, semi-comfortable clothing. And we're really excited to MC because that means we get a front row seat to be able to talk to and introduce and experience all of the thought leaders and magic. So really yeah. looking forward to that. Um, another event, ongoing event, Mycology Psychology has an integration call second Saturday of every month. So all are welcome. Always. You probably have seen the invitation in our email campaigns. What this is, if you were on a plant medicine microdosing journey, if whether you're new to it, if you're just curious about it, if you have experience, it really doesn't matter where you fall in that spectrum. Everyone is welcome. And integration is so highly important because similar to our mindset conversation today, it's like when we have these thoughts or insights or downloads or, you know, you discover something important in, through journaling, 
we need to make sure that we're actually taking that and integrating it into our daily life. So this call really centers around how do we do that? How do we carry these insights into our daily life or actionables, create new positive behaviors? And it's a really, really supportive call because there's people like all ages, all experience levels. And so you can come and just be a fly on the wall and listen. Or if you have something that you want to share, because you just feel like you need a community that will see you and hear you, this is the place to do it. I've, I've never been in a call where I just felt like there was such a comfort level, even with so many strangers. Like I, I'm a little bit shy with those Zoom calls. You're like, like, should I go? I don't know who's going to be there. I don't want to have my camera on. But every time I go, I'm like, oh, so, so glad that I went. So glad that I went. So, and I am almost always like 99% of the time there. So all are welcome. If you have any interest in the microdosing world. Great. What time is the call? Oh, good question. It starts at 1 p.m. Eastern and it typically runs for 90 minutes. Great. All right. One more event. We have been talking about this one for a long time and it's finally almost here. The American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine Conference here in Las Vegas. That will be December 14th to the 16th. And ironically, I finally bought my ticket this morning. It's official. I'll be there. Maybe I'll see you there. You're like, no. I'm still thinking okay. every year I say I'm going to go. I haven't pulled the trigger. Well, our mom and dad will be there. So the OG biohacker. Okay. I feel like I have to come. The pressure's on. Pressure's on. It's a family occasion. Yeah. Okay. I need to say yes. I think I'm going to say yes. All right. We'll talk more off air. All right. Okay. And then Lauren, you have something coming up in January for everybody. Yes, my group glucose challenge. I try to run this at the top of every year. I've been trying to run it twice a year, but you know, I got married this year. The second one <laughs> did not happen. My apologies. I am running it again in January, you know, January when we're like, let's get back on the good habits. I think CGMs are great all year long, but I'm trying to be realistic. This is just a great time to drop in and get back on the motivation accountability train. Uh, prerequisites, you must have a CGM. So in the show notes, there are links to access the CGM if you are new to that. But I will say if you are new to the CGM, please schedule a one-on-one with me because it's really important that I get the group kind of on a similar level as far as experience and general glucose knowledge. It's really hard to have all different experience levels in a room together. So we can start up with a one-on-one. It is a six-week program. It starts Tuesday, January 9th. The Zoom calls, live Zoom calls will be in the evenings. And if you can't attend live, they're always recorded and the modules are sent out with notes. And we always have like a really fun, fun group. So if you're interested in that, begins in January and registration will start soon. Look out for that in our email. But if you're not subscribed to our email, subscribe to our email. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes today. Yeah. All right. I think that's a wrap. All for today. Send us your questions, your thoughts. We always love to hear from you. Please follow us on Instagram. That's where we are the most active. Uh, We have a big giveaway coming up. Stay tuned for that. We just did a hemp lucid giveaway, but we have another one with like a lot, a lot of really cool products. And stay tuned for Black Friday deals. I think if you've had all these kind of products and devices on your mind, this is just such a good time to pull the trigger. So get on the email list. You don't miss any of that. All right. We love you all. Thank you for tuning in for another episode and we will see you next week. See you next week. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. 
Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.